Hello and welcome to The Artist Appeals, the podcast where we answer the question, how do you make a living with your art? In this podcast, we interview leading industry experts, working artists and creatives about how they make a living with their art. We seek the secret sauce to how do you make a living with your art? How do you make money with your art? So whether you're a photographer, a graphic designer, an illustrator, a hand letterer, are you a designer, a sculptor, a painter, whatever your medium may be, we have answers. We interview everybody we can get our hands on, leading industry experts from craft company CEOs to working entrepreneur, artistpreneurs. So welcome to the Artist Appeals. I'm your host, Amy Sparrow, and this is season three. In today's episode, I'm excited to share with you knowledge of Great. Hey, KP, how are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, thank you for being on. I'm excited to chit chat. I know, finally, after a few hits or misses, right? <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It's all about just keeping at it. Follow up, follow up, follow up. Yeah, and timing too. Perfect timing as everything seems to happen the way it should. So I'm okay if you are. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's great advice. Um, I think one of the biggest tips that I know that for artists they need to hear is to follow up, follow up, follow up. In business, you've just got to follow up again and again and again because people are so, so busy. Yeah, well, you know, and everything's so, so fast-paced now too. Yeah, with social media and everybody's so busy. So there's your first tip of the day, guys, is follow up, follow up, follow up. We always kind of try and keep this format in the artist appeals of using this appeals acronym, art, product, presentation, educate, amplify, licensing, and contract and success. So I always kind of start out by asking, what is it that you do or make? Well, oh my gosh. So I actually... My, I have two uh, companies and both of them make stamps. So, so you're not busy at all. <laughs> well, actually, I actually have a third because I also run my studio, my art studio kind of separately or mm -hmm. separately yet together. It's, it, it's, um, <laughs> I have my fingers in a lot of pies, so to speak, but, um, so I own Rubber Moon, which is a rubber stamp company mm -hmm. and I own Art Foamies, which is a foam stamp company. And then hmm. my studio is the moon and the maker where I sort of combine um, what I make with different projects and into what I call getting makey. <laughs> <laughs> getting makey. Let's get makey with it. Yeah. I like it. It's like getting jiggy with it. Let's get makey with it. Right. Oh, well, that is, so that's really cool. So you have three businesses. So you make rubber stamps, foam stamps, and you make artwork. I do. Um, and they all kind of mesh together. They but do. how did you come to this? How did you how did you get into stamp making? Oh my gosh! So I know I won't keep. I'll try to do the con the condensed version. <laughs> so my my parents actually owned a rubber stamp company in the nineties, and back really? not in like art stamping was pretty hot and. Um, there was lots and lots of independent stores, you know, all over the country. And, mm -hmm. and then I don't know, things happened after really what um, kind of took a lot of those small businesses out was 9-11. 
And mm. then, um, so then things happened, my, you know, my parents closed their business and I kind of went on my way. I worked in corporate America for a while, ha- you know, just did various jobs here and there. Um, uh, and that brings me to around 2010 ish. Um, I decided, well, no, it was in 2007. I decided to go back to to college at the age of 41 to get my degree in art. Something that I, well, I wanted to actually do graphic design slash art. Well, I didn't really Mm -hmm. know. I still was, (laughs) I even at 41 with my kids, my youngest was in kindergarten at the time. And I still didn't know exactly what I wanted to be when I grew up, but I knew (laughs) I wanted to do something with art, you know, so I, I set out to get my degree in graphic design. And then, um, about halfway through the program, I decided I really want, I didn't want to be doing graphic design. I wanted to paint. So I switched mm-hmm. my major and I got my degree in um, studio art with an emphasis in graphic design. And I graduated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, okay, now what am I going to do? <laughs> like, okay. So it just sort of kind of led me, you know, things have a way of coming full circle, I feel. And some opportunities presented themselves to um, start a, or to um, kind of get back to my roots of rubber stamping. Um, and the woman who started rubber moon, which there was a lot of like really serendipitous sort of, um, you know, coincidences with her company and my company. And I had known her all those years, you know, the owner of rubber moon all those years ago. Well, it turns out, um, right at the time where I was kind of still floundering with what to do, she was going to close rubber moon and retire and move to Panama. And so I just, Animal. yeah, I just mm. on kind of a spur of the moment thing. I said, Hey, you know, can I buy rubber moon? And she said, sure. So I did. And that was in, um, 2010 or no, 2000, I'm sorry, 2012. So I graduated. Yeah. So in 2012, I took over rubber moon and, um, then just this year in April, um, we actually bought art foamies. And so kind of combine my love of stamping in different ways. And I, I, you know, then it brings me back kind of full circle to my art because I I find ways to incorporate stamps and stamping in a lot of my artwork. Right. And that works as promotional materials, right? Yeah. So it's kind of one kind of feeds off the other. Um, Right. Yeah. Now, how do you buy a company? How does that work? Is that like a, um, you've got to have contracts and you take out a loan and you guys sign paperwork and you transfer it over? Or is it more like a, a handshake? Um, Kind of. A, I think with Rubber Moon, it was a little bit of both. It was a pretty, you know, Rubber Moon, um, first of all, I had with... Um, with that, I had known her for many years. I mean, I don't want to make it sound like we were like best of friends, but, you know, we we yeah. were well acquainted with each other. Um, and so that was sort of done, yeah, on a hand, you know, on good faith, on a handshake. And then months later, we, we actually met up in person and made the actual physical transfer of items and, you know, signed a contract. And, and um, with that, there was like, you know, a down payment and then payments mm-hmm. made. Um, mm-hmm. with, um, with our foamies, it was a little bit crazy because that she was out of the country. Um, she was in Canada and, mm-hmm. um, so it was a lot more, um, uh, it was a little paperwork. Scarier. Yeah. And there was just a lot, a lot of paperwork and, you know, we did each have a lawyer involved, you know, but in the end it really still, 
I'm going to just say it still really came down to just trust and, um, mm -hmm. you know, two, and that's one thing I love too, two women just doing the right thing by each other. I, I, mm. I truly believe. Um, I think she wanted it to be fair to me. I wanted to be, be fair to her because I know, mm -hmm. how, you know, what it took to start the, the business and to see it through for, she had, um, and I'm talking about art foamies right now in particular, but she, she had it for seven years. She started it and, you know, I wanted to, um, still be true to her vision and make mm -hmm. sure that her baby went into good hands. So, you know, yeah. Now, what's the difference between rubber stamps and foamies? Why would you expand in that way? Oh, what makes them uh, different? Oh, and I know. I'm so excited to talk about it. <laughs> People who don't. Well, I don't know. Them. I'm not really a stamper. Oh gosh, I'm gonna. I'll send you some. So, okay, <laughs> well, rubber stamps. Um. Oh my gosh, rubber stamps. In a lot of ways, I really feel like are when you see a rubber stamp, especially a wood-mounted rubber stamp that's handmade. You know. Yeah. Um it's almost like a piece of art just by itself. And there's a lot, you know, just because there, when you think about it, there's so many components. Um, and that stamp, especially again, it's not made in a factory in China. You know, it's made by like in this case, uh, especially, and then I know there's other companies too, of course, um, that are, you know, made in the USA, made by a small family business. So like every stamp that anybody orders is literally touched by us, you know, made like we, um, in some fashion, you know, have that stamp in our hands for quite a long, you know, like process. So, and there's a lot of actual components that go into it. There's rubber. Well, first there's a mold. Um, you know, you have, you start with the original artwork and then you press rubber into a mold and you cut it by hand and then you mount it on foam, depending on if it's going to be a cling rubber stamp or a mm -hmm. wood mounted stamp. If it's wood mounted, it gets put on a certain kind of cushion and then applied to the wood and the wood mm -hmm. is also hand stamped, right? So wow. um, there's a lot of not only raw materials, but then a whole process. So, um, and definitely because of the mold, um, which we do not make here, and that's only really the only part of the process that we don't do is mm -hmm. make the actual, um, the, the first plate. Um, mm -hmm. so, you know, we are kind of constricted a little bit more by size because, you know, you, it, that plate is like real estate, right? So, um, so anyway, then you can, you can get really, really, really detailed with rubber. So foam stamps are a little bit different because the process, um, there is not all the materials. There's just really, besides the packaging, only one material that you, mm -hmm. that you cut. Um, it is, we do, you know, program everything in the computer, of course, uh, that's us, but it is not cut by hand. It's a machine. Mm -hmm. So it's just, and so, and all, so I think that it's just a little bit, um, you, is it laser cut? Um, well, yes, it has a laser cut component, but there's also like a burn tool too, or it's called, okay. this, you know? but, um, anyway, so you, well, you have a lot more, I think, flexibility as far as sizing, as far as cutting prototypes. So mm -hmm. um, it's just, that's why, you know, I and especially putting the two together as an artist is so exciting for me. Um, you know, and there's just a lot of different application. I mean, they work similarly, of course, they still provide a stamped image, but foam stamps um, lend themselves a little bit better to like fabric or 
um, oh. wall, you know, like wall, home decor type things, just oh. because just because they're a little bit more malleable. Like, do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. in your hand, you can kind of bend them more. Right. Than rubber so they stamp. can go on a rougher surface and yeah, still and make they, contact. Yeah. So and there's so just dip, there's. I guess, you know, a few different reasons, but just as somebody who loves stamping and the actual <clears throat> sort of imagery that you can get with stamping, I love both. <laughs> I'm, not, oh, I'm not very, wow. you know, I love rubber and foam stamps. And it's kind of funny because I really didn't know I would love foam stamps as much as I do. <laughs> you know, I hadn't used them that much even before I bought the company. I just knew I wanted to do it. I had a lot of ideas. Uh Uh-huh. Well, that's really cool. So, I mean, you really do have products. You know, that's the second letter in the acronym appeals is we talk about art and you make art with your stamps. Um, Like I'm looking at your website and you've got these beautiful watercolor prints um, for sale and stuff. Can you use stamps and foamies in original art? Do you feel like that's legit? (laughs) <laughs> I, do. I do, but, um, <clears throat> of course, and it's one of the things I like to teach because I love personally to use rubber stamps or fun- or stamps, um, mm-hmm. as a, like a base layer. I don't really, I mean, unless I'm making a greeting card, which I love too. I, I, when, you know, I talk about getting makey, I really love all sorts of art and crafts, you know, so uh-huh. I do, I do a lot of card making. So if I'm making a greeting card for somebody, a birthday card, of course, I'm going to stamp literally, you know, like a birthday cake mm-hmm. stamp and a happy birthday sentiment or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, when I'm doing art, um, I love to use stamps more as a very loose base layer. Um, okay. So, you know, you can really build up on that and make it really your complete own. You know, you're just using it again, sort of. Uh, maybe as a little bit of a guideline or something, you know, something to build those, those layers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. So you sell products, um, you sell rubber stamps, foam stamps, and original artwork. What, what is like your best selling product or piece or style? And what kind of niche do you kind of think that you fell do you mind sharing with us maybe like how you uh, – so, for example, um, one of our guests was a product developer. Her title was actually VP of Marketing, but she selected and and uh, managed like 5,000 SKUs. And she was talking about how she looks at – she actively looks at what her best sellers are and transitions things out. Like I noticed that you've got a lot of artists that make – um, designs for you and that you have some retiring images. How many SKUs do you keep in and, and how do you kind of determine um, who you work with and what you're going to keep and blah, blah, blah? Oh my gosh. So that is a lot of, a, a <laughs> lot of I hope, thoughts for me. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm, I just, you know, I want to say one thing I have done and I don't know if this is, um, <laughs> I'm not sure if it's good advice, but I, I have to say it because I've always run my business by it. And that is, I really do just listen to my instincts. I, um, Mm -hmm. and that's just how I've done it since the beginning. And so far it's worked for for me pretty well. 
I'm, I'm not saying like, you know, I'm not um, real. Uh, what's the word? I'm, let me think. I'm trying to. Um, I don't want to say that I'm um, too spontaneous, you know, and um, and I'm not sure if that's really the right word even. No, I think it's good advice. You're basically saying you use your intuition about what's going to stay and, and what's going to come in and what's going to go. And, yes, and, and I that's okay. Not, and, I, and I'm not, when I make those decisions, it's not like, oh, you know, just snap decisions like that. It's, I mean, you know, I definitely sort of just, um, yes, I do watch what's selling, of course, which is easy in this day and age. Everything, mm -hmm. you know, on the website or whatever is all tracked for you. Um, so, uh, by that, but, you know, I found, um, that just literally keeping things fresh, people want new stuff and they want, um, new ideas and they, you know, there's just always, I feel like, um, room for that, but also mm -hmm. room to keep, you know, room, like, there's something, especially with stamps. Okay. That's always been, whether you were in a store a uh, brick and mortar store, whether it's online, whatever you're doing, samples are what sell stamps. So when people, you mm. know, see them used in ways, that is what is going to sell them. But also, I think keeping things fresh is really, really important. Um, mm -hmm. you know, because, and let's just be real, if people think, oh, like, I can get that tomorrow, then they'll, you, they will put it off. But and when they, when you make a little bit more urgent, you know, mm -hmm. I feel like, it sets a fire under them. Yeah, yeah. In marketing, they call that FOMO, fear of missing out, F-O-M-O, yeah. -O, fear <laughs> of missing out. But you do have to move through things. And, and sometimes we get attached to things, I think. Um, yeah. Well, but, you know, the one thing, like in the Rubber Moon catalog, now keep in mind, Rubber Moon has been around for, what is it now, um, since 93? Uh-huh. Tw um, we're in our like 28th year, I think. So oh, congratulations. And I've, was, and I, well, so, and I've had it for going on, going into my ninth, I guess, well, no, this, this year was eight years. So yeah, 28 mm -hmm. years. So some of the original designs, the very original designs that literally, like I had nothing to do with those, obviously, um, the original owner, <clears throat> uh, you know, selected, uh, I think there was like maybe four artists and mm -hmm. there was maybe a hundred designs, something like that, 200 at the most. Um, and some of those designs to this day are still bestsellers. And, you know, because that you, you also, while you don't want to always, <clears throat> I feel like maybe keep everything around, there is a certain thing to be said for like vintage or, you know, those sort of iconic images too. Yeah. You know, I, I watch the website as we go through, and I see that you have Sandra Evertson in here, which is fascinating. She's one of your artists, yeah. and um, she was on the podcast, oh. and her work is so unique with, you know, she's got Frida faces in butterfly wings. Yes. Um, uh, we love Sandra, too. She is such a uh, an amazing, prolific artist, but also a really, a really wonderful person. Yeah, and, and then Elizabeth St. Hilaire, yeah. she was on the show. Yes. Oh my god, I love Elizabeth. Such a We're circling. Yeah. We're creating a Venn diagram, man. That's great. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that's wonderful. So you have a lot of products. How many how many um rubber stamps do you have at any given time? Oh my gosh. Like, just so an estimate. 
Yeah, around 3,000. <gasps> um, so one thing that we are doing this year um, is, um, so we are closing out um, about 12 different artist lines, okay? Mm -hmm. And then we are closing Rubber Moon to the public at the end of the year. We're going to be um, only available to stores so that if you have a brick and mortar store and you'd like to carry our stamps or for any of my patrons we're gonna our website will go on january 1st it's going to be going um to a, a password protected only and then will be available to patrons only oh um, so very interesting so you're converting yeah. to wholesale and patron yeah patron for for and not for art foamies for art foamies we're going to keep it as it is but for mm -hmm. um for rubber moon we're going to do that and just you know do a lot more exclusive like sets and things that support um support my patrons and my classes and things like that and we still will add you know some we're we're definitely going to still have some of our iconic artists um in the fold and then you know we'll still be producing for them as well Interesting. Yeah. And so this will be like a subscription service where if you're on Patreon, you get like, um, am I saying that right? Or am I saying the, the Pat alcohol again? <laughs> <laughs> Patreon. Yeah. So. Patreon. Mm -hmm. um, will they get like a subscription? Like each month they get certain stamps and projects to go with them? So yeah, well, <clears throat> you don't um, in Patreon you don't get the stamps automatically, but I do mm -hmm. we do post special exclusives that are only available to patrons, and then they of course get all the videos and classes and things like that. But you can you know they can still pick and choose what stamps they want. You don't get them automatically. Interesting. Yeah. Very cool. But that is a really will, unique. The website will still be open. You know, Pat, like I said, password protected to patrons so they can still go on and shop the full website that's really interesting very cool that's new i i never i haven't heard of anybody doing that um before oh well yeah i like to try new stuff <laughs> yeah yeah that's great so um we've talked about art we've talked about products and we're kind of transitioning into presentation that actually leads us pretty well into presentation um how do you present your work what do you find is most effective for presenting can you give us some tips tricks techniques oh my gosh well i i will be very honest with you um for many years of course um what you know back when i started um i would definitely have said facebook um but as we all know there you know throughout the years facebook has changed uh, tremendously um definitely not in the favor i would say of you know most artists or entrepreneurs really um more mm -hmm. favor of facebook so that's you know it's been challenging all around um i would definitely say my you know before the pandemic definitely would be going and meeting people face to face oh you know mm -hmm. it's always the best way to present um and the best way to you know really gain a true following that will stay with you think, that you know. is great advice i just i've said it in other episodes and i've heard it from other people over and over again that networking is the most effective form of marketing just getting out there and meeting people and it doesn't have to be slimy it's just making friends 
Yeah, no, of course. And I mean, mine was mostly through teaching, you know, so. Mm -hmm. um, Oh, something else we hear over and over again. That's awesome. Yes. Reiterated folks, you've got to teach in some form or another. I mean, I think that it really obviously helps to foster, um, you know, relationship because people, you know, want to see, especially when you have product that you're, that you're sharing, you know, they want to see how to use it. And, Mm. um, you know, it's a very obviously visual um, business that I'm in. So being there to share and show different techniques and, um, mm-hmm. you know, ways of using the stamps is always, always the best. Yeah, I think that's great advice. We we hear that so often. I heard it from uh, Denzel Quick in his presentation and in his podcast interview. He talks about that a lot. He's the VP of product at Spellbinders. And he says people want to make what you make. They want to see an example and they want to be able to make it. So yeah, well, getting out there and meeting people. And it's and, hard now, you know, of course, the pandemic really changed that for mm-hmm. so many of us who were, or, you know, who have been, you know, going out and, um, you yeah, know, teaching a lot of workshops, obviously, that carried our stamps and things like that. But, you know, so now it's just about like finding, um, you know, places online to kind of get out the word. So, Mm -hmm. Uh, doing things like this or just doing as much online content as you can. Yeah. What are you guys doing for educating your audience? That leads us perfectly into how do you expand? How do you scale? How do you educate your audience? Do you guys do newsletters, emails? Like, is there a system? What what are you doing to, um, since COVID's around, what platforms are you utilizing and what techniques are you using to get out there virtually? Well, so for me, um, I think I was, I I don't, I guess fortunate or I I don't really know. I mean, it's not like I necessarily tried to plan for this, you know, I didn't know, you know, of course I could, yeah, right. Who could, but um, you know, fortunately I had been, um, for, you know, the past seven years or more, um, been trying, you know, cultivating an online presence and building, you know, a, a community. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really funny because I had started years ago, um, something through, through Facebook. Um, and when I, only, when I just had rubber moon, um, start called the moon mail club, which was again, sort of like a little subscription and you got a video each month and you did get a stamp of the month and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, just this year, I did that for five years. Um, and it was just through a Facebook group. So I had spent, you know, time kind of building that up. And then the beginning of this year, before COVID and everything, I transitioned that over to a Patreon page. And, mm-hmm. um, and I'm really glad I did. Um, I really, I do love Patreon a lot. It's a really great p- platform. But um, I think that, you know, just obviously trying different things like Zoom classes or just, you know, staying uh, staying in people's face with, um, and I, I hate the way that sounds really, but, you know, staying, <laughs> staying present with them, um, mm-hmm. both on Patreon, on um uh, you know, through a design team, making sure that stuff is still being promoted out there as much as possible. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I think all we can do. I've seen a lot of people pivot 
uh, you know, a lot of my friends, uh, again, doing different online platforms, doing a lot more online teaching, whether it's through Facebook, Instagram. I mean, you know, we've all seen it explode yeah. like that. And I, I feel like um, we, a lot of people in this industry definitely have been able to keep, you know, keep in front of people and keep their business going, which is great. Yeah, I think it's amazing the way people have been pivoting to these online workshops and online Zoom classes and online videos. And you don't have to just put them out there on YouTube for free. You can. Um, you can put some simple ones out there to help draw people in. But I love the way you talk about setting up a Patreon page. Um, I just went there to, you know, share the pricing. It's it's open and available to anybody and you don't pay to use it. They take a percentage. Correct. Right? So mm -hmm. that's nice because you're not paying to use it. So if you don't make any money, they don't make any money. Correct. It doesn't yes. cost you something. Mm -hmm. And but I like you do have to be creative. You have to yes, kind of think of something, right? Yes, and you really, you have to be, like, I literally live stream pretty, and, and I'm not saying everybody has to do this. Um, I actually started doing it because of the pandemic. Um, I do a live stream every single morning at 11 where I just share my daily gratitude and a quick doodle. So it's just mm -hmm. my way of checking in with my you know, not only my, my customers, my friends, my patrons, I'm just sort of a way to stay, you know, checked in with them, kind of, you know, still talk about different creative, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know, take a minute to not only focus on something good and positive every single day, but also to just take a few minutes for your own creativity, you know, even if it's just the simplest exercise. So that's, that's what I'm doing um, in mm -hmm. Patreon this year. I don't know that I'll keep doing it every single day. You know, I wanted to make that commitment to my patrons um, for this year because it's a difficult year, you know. So you get on there and you do a gratitude, like a little stamp or what are you doing for your gratitude? I love that idea. So thank you. Um, yeah, I just go on um, and, um, you know, I say the date and I just um, say good morning to everyone. And then I say, you know, like today, well, for example, say today, um, let me see what my gratitude was today. Today, I am grateful for morning rituals. And then I just mm. talked about my morning rituals, what I do, you know, every morning. And then I do a little tiny doodle of, um, so in this case, I, um, I said my morning rituals are, I get up, I make coffee, I feed the cat, I check my emails, and then I come out and I have a little bit of makey time where I paint or work on a project for a few minutes. And then mm -hmm. I come on and do my gratitude. And so I, and I just doodled a little tiny coffee cup and a little kitty with a bowl of food and a little paintbrush, you know, and that, and then I oh. paint it with a little watercolor. It usually takes maybe 15 minutes. Um, sometimes we'll take longer and chat about, you know, like upcoming projects or new stamps that are coming out or things like that. But it's, it's just mm -hmm. a morning check-in literally to have a few feel good moments. And then I do invite also um, my patrons, of course, I'll, you know, I'll say like, oh, hey, Deb, you know, what are you grateful for today or something like that? So can you chat through the patron interface? People can like, can you live stream through that or where are you live streaming through? Yeah, so I'm live streaming on Patreon, but it is through YouTube. So they're like, actually don't like if you want to participate in the actual chat live with me, then you come into YouTube 
Um, and those those videos are still there, but they're password protected, you know, so only patrons can see them. But um, anyway, and then they're still available on Patreon later for anybody who wasn't in the live or who wants to still go back and watch it again. Interesting. And how do you promote it? Say you were just beginning and you didn't have an audience. Like, how do you reach out to people and remind them that you're doing this every day? So the most important thing, and I'm going to not lie to you, I'm not really the best about tooting my own horn. I mean, I do. I do. None I of us are. And that's why I ask it. Well, but I do it. But I just don't do it a lot. But, you know, I think partially because, well, there's a lot of different reasons. I mean, I'm busy with a lot of other things. I don't really, I say, if you are going to, um, you know, have a Patreon, a Patreon, on page um that <laughs> you, you do it now you talk about you know talk about it as much as possible i mean i also have two other businesses that i'm always promoting so i kind mm -hmm. of always feel like i need to balance that too you know mm -hmm. um, but I, like if patreon was my only only focus i mean i think i would literally shout it out every single day every way i could you know there's don't be shy you know if people don't want to look at your stuff they don't have to click on it you know um but mm -hmm. any and just anywhere you can if you can pin it on pinterest if you can share your projects that you're doing if you you know you don't have to just constantly focus on join my patreon join my patreon you can talk about it in different ways like one of the things that i'm just beginning to do now is use my Patreon page more as a blog too, which is mm. one of the things that I love about it is it can be a page like you could go on there even not being my patron. If even if you're not my patron, you can still follow me. You won't be able to see a lot of the content, but you can see some of it. So if I decide that I would just want to put up a blog post for every, or I'm calling it a blog post, but a post, just say, you know, um, you can you can leave it open for the public to read it. So you could ostensibly lead people there mm -hmm. you know, for more than even just to sign up. If you just want to give away some freebies or people to get, you know, it's a great way to give some content also and get people over there to see if they then want to follow you and sign up. It's and fabulous. Other, and I'm sorry not to interrupt my own self, but the other, I think, great thing is that you can offer different tiers, different levels of participation for different price points so that mm -hmm. if, you know, you feel that you, um, you know, somebody that maybe doesn't want to participate as much, but they still want to support you as an artist can sign up for five bucks a month. But somebody who does want more, more content, more videos, you know, whatever, more classes, more makeys, then they can sign up for higher levels. That's really great. And it's accessible to everybody. You don't have to pay for it. And it's yeah. a super easy learning curve, right? Yeah. And I'm ho the one thing I do hope that Patreon will become like more interactive as time goes on. Um, it is the one thing you can't really chat a lot there. You know, you, I mean, people can comment and, and then I can comment back, but it's not like a chat like you can, you know, in other social media. Yeah, I haven't tried it yet. I'm gonna have to sign up and check it out. I mean, yeah. I've been doing the traditional method hey, for I'm so long. I'm my patron and do make do makeies and gratitudes with us. <laughs> yes, yes. What's your address? What's your what's so your how do the handles work? So it's just patreon.com mm -hmm. and then backslash kp. So and my and it's kind of weird because it's k. It's my initial spelled phonetically. So it's k a e p e a, mm -hmm. which are just my initials spelled out. Oh, cool. Interesting. Yeah. So it comes up and you have your moonlight tier, your moonbeam tier, and your new moon tier. I love it. Are you enjoying the artist appeals? 
I know I love recording it. This is just a quick break to encourage you to get your free download of the top four things that you can do to make money with your art at howtomakemoneywithyourart.com. So get your free download at howtomakemoneywithyourart.com today. And now back to your regular program. I was reading just last night how important it is to name everything. And you've, you've got a, a theme running through all your names. Well, yeah, the whole moon theme, of course, which, you know, happened because of moon, rubber moon. And then what happened with that was that I was really trying to think of how I could sort of incorporate the, my name, my studio name with rubber stamps, because a lot of times I was finding if I was showing rubber stamp art, then people mm -hmm. were, you know, a little bit confused on if it was rubber stamped or if it was my art or why was I showing my art on rubber stamp page and vice versa. So mm -hmm. that so I came up with the moon and the maker sort of to combine rubber moon and me as an artist. Right. That's great. Yeah. You know, names are important. They help us identify what's what and separate things that are different, but associate things all at the same time. It's fascinating. Yeah. And I, I love naming things. <laughs> Do you? Well, what my, are some my quirky or tricks for naming? Oh, well, I don't know. Just having an overactive imagination, I think. <laughs> sort of like the whole thing with let's get makey. Yeah. Yeah. On there. I always say, no, well, I, I said makey. Put your clothes back on. <laughs> I think I was reading this article about naming things last night and she was talking about using idioms or almost expressions. So you look and think about, oh, um, well, like, let's get jiggy with it. Let's get makey with it. So you just swap out a word of an expression you already know. You know, the cow jumped over the moon. Uh, the stamp jumped over the moon or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Well, and I just, I think, like I said, just having a lot of a lot of thinking time on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So you, we've done art, we've done product, we've done presentation, we've talked about educating and getting bigger and amplifying. Um, how do you get it all done? You've got three businesses, you've got all this stuff going on. How do you get it all done? Uh, well, I do. I'm, I don't do it by myself. I have a lot of help. Um, and that came slowly, you know, it, in the beginning, um, it was mostly just me. Well, my sister helped me for a while at first. So it was just the two of us. Mm -hmm. My sister opened her own restaurant. So she left. Then my husband sort of stepped in and was helping. He was still working full time, but he was helping me more. Mm -hmm. And then my, you know, so then to slow and I started needing more and more and more help. And then, so he was, thankfully able to quit his job and was start working with me full time. And then my daughter, um, asked if she could come work with me much to my surprise, but, um, she was really? not very happy in her job. And so, um, she came on board with us about, Oh gosh, how long has it been now? I want to say five or let's see. Oh my gosh, four, four years, maybe I can't even remember mm -hmm. now. But, um, so, you know, and then we do, and then we have one other um, person that usually, um, it, it's our, my neighbor. Um, she comes and she works usually about 22 hours a week. So definitely not mm -hmm. by myself anymore. I have a lot of help. My husband is really gets a lot of the credit for cracking the whip. <laughs> so <laughs> if it was just me, I would want to sit and doodle and, and just get makey all day. <laughs> right. And there's a lot of different hats you got to wear as an entrepreneur. Yeah, for sure. I say that, but I'm joking. I do 
you know, I don't, I, and I don't always, and it's okay. Like I don't always get everything done every, you know, I always go to, I usually always go to bed thinking like I could have done more. I'm not going to, uh, I do think that, I know that feeling. But, yeah, I think most people in business for themselves do. Um, but it's okay. But I've, I've come to know that it's okay. It's still there waiting for you the next day. Um, I, I think definitely because I do have a lot of passion for what I do and I love what I do so much, I am very motivated, you know, so that's mm-hmm. not an issue, but, um, but you I do or that, bullet journal anything. Say it again. Do you make lists or bullet journal or anything? Oh, no, I don't bullet journal, but I do. I make a lot of lists, a lot. Yeah, bullet journal is just essentially a fancy name for a list. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm bullet journals. I've seen some people's bullet journals, and believe me, they are a lot nicer than my, my list. Yeah. Yeah, I bullet journal, but I don't get all fancy with it or all makey with it. I've seen some that are works of art. They are really beautiful. Yeah, and I wish I did do that, but so um, Well, that's one tip or trick that I do is I make lists so that I can sleep at night. And then actually today I was just working on a new thing that I want to share out with people of how to um, prioritize those lists. I'm calling it the make money matrix the MMM matrix um, so that you can kind of focus on what project should I do first so I can pay the bills. Yeah, that's a good one. I'll share it with you then. So that leads us into licensing and contracts. Um, Something that scares artists. Are there any terms or phrases or anything you'd like to offer as advice about licensing and contracts? Oh gosh. Well, I mean, I will say, um, you know, I have, I've been on both ends of that spectrum uh, Mm -hmm. because we license artists for both, both my stamp companies. Yeah. Um, and then including one of the, um, so we, this last year, um, in 2019, was it, gosh, oh, time just goes by so fast. <laughs> I'm just mind blown. Um, yeah. Licensed one of the actually most licensed artists of all time. Um, Robert, I'm so excited still to this day that we licensed, uh, Mary Inglebright last year. Oh so, yeah. I saw that, her. Yeah. That was a huge deal for me. Um, because she's someone who I have like admired so much, but um, anyway, it's just it was really, really an eye-opening, you know, experience because dealing like she has the most extensive licensing contract of any, but like that I've ever seen. Um, you know, fifteen pages. Lot, yeah, um, maybe more, and also oh a whole actual book, um, basically booklet on, um, on you know the the right and wrong way to, you know, like it's a called the style book, like so that you can really only use certain fonts when you're typing her name. I mean, it's very extensive. So that was, I mean, I learned so much. Um, but I will tell you for me and our, for our company, most of the time it has not been that deep, you know, like into yeah. it. I mean, it's, um, our contract is very, you know, short and to the point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so as, but as far as, you know, um, any advice on that, I, of course, I mean, I would just say to, 
um, again, follow your gut. And, you know, if you feel um, any hesitation with working with somebody, like I just say, don't do it. <laughs> mm, yeah. I mean, it's always never led me wrong ever. And I've, I have, and I've not followed my gut sometimes and gone with things and I've always been sorry. So, mm. uh, but of course, you know, and then my second piece to follow that up would be, you know, get a good lawyer as good as you can afford. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And read the contract. Yeah. It's been sad to have to say that, but you know, yeah. You know, what you're talking about, a lot of corporations and universities and businesses have these uh, brand management. They have brand books, which dictate uh -huh. these are the colors you can use. This yep. is the way you can use our logo. These are the color backgrounds it can be on. These are the fonts you can use. This is the Pantone color that we right. use, you know. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's a very, big... very outlined. Yeah. And so, and I'm just going to tell you right now, we don't, for Rubber Moon and Art Foamies, we don't really work that way again. And not that it's informal, but it's, um, you know, it's a contract that two lay people can actually read and agree on. And it's very straight to the point. This is what you get. This is what you do. This is what you provide. This is what we give. And mm -hmm. if at any time, you know, either one of us can stop when we want to. You know, and as an artist, I feel it's super important to have integrity. Like I would never in a, you know, ever, ever use anybody's art in a way or sell it with, you know, without them wanting me to. So, mm -hmm. yeah. well, that's I, think wonderful. That's, I think that's a good thing about being an artist, you know, and running a company like that. Yeah. Really it relate. doesn't have to be complicated. It yeah, just has to be mutually beneficial. Yes, I think so, too. I have to agree. So, with that. <laughs> yes. So, how do you measure success? What makes you feel successful? Because I know, as artists, we oftentimes have these successes, and like you said earlier, that you go to bed and you oftentimes feel like you haven't gotten enough accomplished. How do you, at the end of the day, say, "Okay, I, I got stuff done. This was a success," because we can't compare ourselves to anybody else. We're artists. And if we, you know, try and measure by just the numbers, that doesn't always work. No, gosh. And like just a couple things. Don't compare yourself. You cannot be, you're not in anybody else's journey and they are not in yours. Like, um, I will tell you for many years, um, you know, I measured my success by by my finances. And mm. um, that like, obviously made me feel like a failure for a long, long time. Um, <laughs> I don't do that. You know, I mean, obviously you grow, you learn, you change things, different things become priorities. So I don't, I definitely don't measure my success that way anymore. And thank goodness, because, you know, I don't feel that <clears throat> that is a true measure really of anything. Um, you know, uh, you, yeah. you learn, but I, I mean, I think very oh, victimizing. That's okay. I think yeah. it's very victimizing to measure your financial success financially. I mean, it's important that you have financial goals and you try to make money for because sure. what we do is work and we deserve to get paid for it. For but sure. yes. And I know I'm not saying like, of course that's, you know, one reason it is, um, you know, I mean, that's one thing you're, if you're trying to make a living at it, then of course that is going to be a certain component of it. But I will tell you at this point in my life, in my career, in my journey, the thing that makes me feel like 
the biggest success ever is the fact that my daughter wants to come to work here still every day with me and my husband. And, you know, we still, we get along, we <laughs> laugh, you know, I'm not saying it's yeah. always like rainbows and unicorns. I'm perfect. Of course it's not, but, but, you know, I get to be with people I love the most and work with them and share a product that we not only believe in, but that we created with our hands and that we love and that we also get to share in so many different what you know, there's so many different incar incarnations of the product, right? Right. Um, and it brings people joy. I know that when they open a package, whether it has stamps, rubber stamps, foam stamps, a little piece of artwork, whatever, it brings them joy and happiness, you know, um, mm -hmm. on, on different levels because they get to use it, they get, you know, and get fulfilled. So, I mean, I just, that, those things are what makes me, what make me definitely feel successful. That's wonderful. So maybe it's a uh, unicorn rainbow vomit. <laughs> there you go. I love that. <laughs> it's a wonderful, wonderful experience. Yes. I, I think that's a wonderful thing that you get to make something that people brings people joy. Yeah. Thank you. Me too. Well, thank you so much for sharing everything today. I really appreciate it. And um, I think we've got some great actionable ideas um, that, you know, anybody can do. I love some of the tips and tricks you gave. Well, thank you so much, God. It was really nice to kind of get to know you a little bit. And, um, you know, I really appreciate the opportunity to hang out and talk about myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course. Thank you. And you know, you guys, we will put all these links on the page on the Artist Appeals so you can go and support KP. You can join the gratitude, uh, the daily gratitude, the live daily gratitude. You can get stamps, um, get them before they go private. Oh, yeah. It's and all there. Make you with me every day. <laughs> Come get Makey, Makey. Right, right. I, oh, I should, I should make a jingle. Yes, it's got to be to the, um, to the Will Smith jingle. Let's get jiggy with it. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll work on it. Well, I'll let you know for our next, uh, our next chat. I'm going to find it and put it in this podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Aaron, and hold, so on much. Yeah. hold on the line for just a minute. All right. Do you want to learn how to make money with your art, but you're a little bit pressed for time and you don't have time to listen to every single episode? Well, we've made a free download for you at howtomakemoneywithyourart.com. You can get your free download and it includes the top four things you need to do today to start making money with your art. So, if you want to learn how to make money with your art, but you're pressed for time, get the free download over at howtomakemoneywithyourart.com. All one word, no spaces, all spelled out. That's howtomakemoneywithyourart.com. Get your free download now.